On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me nine ladies dancing. Once upon a time, there was a king who had twelve daughters. The twelve princesses all slept in one room at the top of the tallest tower in the king's palace. One day, though, the king noticed something strange. As he went through his expenses, he found a great many bills coming in from the cobblers. He found that almost every day, his twelve daughters were sending off their dancing shoes to be repaired. The king called his twelve daughters before him and asked why was it that their dancing shoes needed to be repaired so often. The twelve princesses would not answer. The king suspected something strange and so said they could not send their shoes to the cobbler unless he himself had seen that they were worn through. The next day, the twelve princesses came down and each of them carried a pair of dancing shoes, the soles completely worn through. The king asked his daughters what had happened to their shoes, but again they would not answer him. He sent the twelve pairs of shoes off to the cobblers to be mended. The shoes were returned, but the next day again the twelve princesses came down before their father, and again each of them was holding a pair of dancing shoes, completely worn through. How are your dancing shoes so worn? asked the king. There has been no dance, no ball, no celebration to explain such wear and tear upon your shoes. But again, the twelve princesses would not answer his question. This continued day after day. Each morning, the princesses would come down to their father and hold out their dancing shoes to be sent to the cobblers, and each shoe would have its sole completely worn away. This is ridiculous, cried the king. I shall go bankrupt with all these repairs to my daughter's shoes. But still the princesses would not tell their father how it was that each night their shoes became so worn. The king then sent out a decree. Anyone who could discover what was happening to the princess's shoes should have their weight in gold as a reward, the hand in marriage of the princess of their choice, and be heir to half the kingdom when the king died. But, for there is always a but, as whoever came would need to have access to the princess's bedchamber, they should have only three nights to discover what was happening to the princess's shoes. And if at the end of the third night they had not discovered the truth, they should be put to death. A number of people came, claiming they could discover the truth, and a number of graves were dug when they could not find it. And still, each morning, twelve pairs of worn-out dancing shoes would be presented to the king. In this kingdom there was an old soldier who lived with his widowed mother. They heard the story about the princesses whose shoes were constantly being worn out, and of the many people who had come to try to find the answer, and of the many graves that had thus been dug. It is a pity I cannot find out the princess's secret, he said, staring up at the ceiling. For if I had my weight in gold, I could pay a younger man to change the thatch on this roof each year. Why, I could even buy a house with a roof of slate and not have to worry about thatches at all. His mother looked up from her knitting and said, Would you really like to discover the princess's secret? Why not, replied her son. But as no one else has been able to so far, I would rather not risk my life on the possibility. His mother put down her knitting and went to a chest. She took out a cloak of a colour he could not name. She handed it to her son, told him to put it on, and then go look at himself in the glass. He did as his mother directed, put the cloak about his shoulders, and then went to look at his reflection. But he could not find it. He stood in front of the glass, and still he could not see himself. Mother, what strange cloak is this? he cried out. That, my son, is a cloak that your grandmother's 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 made. It renders the wearer invisible. I have never had a use for it, 
and neither did my mother or her mother before it, but we kept it, just in case one day it might be of use, and I believe that if you were to take this cloak with you to the palace, you would be able to find out the princess's secret. The old soldier nodded. Having a cloak of invisibility would indeed be useful on such a quest. He decided he would go to the palace and try to discover the princess's secret. But before he left, his mother had one more thing to give him, a piece of advice. These princesses have been guarding their secret closely, and I believe they will do almost anything to keep it. And so, my son, when you are alone with them, do not eat or drink anything that they might give you. The soldier nodded, kissed his mother goodbye, and went off to the palace. When he arrived at the palace, he found that the king had been driven almost frantic by not knowing what was happening to his daughter's shoes each night. He happily agreed to let the old soldier try his hand at discovering the secret, but he warned him. Each night for three nights, he would sleep in the same room as the twelve princesses, but if at the end of the third night he could not discover their secret, he would be put to death. The old soldier shrugged. I have lived a long life, and if it is to end in three days, I would rather have spent three nights in a comfortable bed than not. He was then introduced to the twelve princesses shown up to the tower room, and shown to the bed where he was to spend the night. That evening he sat at the king's table, and was served some of the finest food and drink he had ever tasted. He then followed the twelve princesses up to their room, and settled himself in his own bed. The bed in which the soldier was to spend the night, was tucked into an alcove of the room, with curtains that could be drawn about it. As he was settling himself down, the eldest of the princesses came to him with a glass of wine. Very kind of you, he said, and pretended to drink. But he remembered his mother's advice, and once the princess had turned away, he tipped out the contents of the wine. He then lay down in his bed and pretended to sleep, snoring loudly. Why, cried one of the youngest of the princesses, that sleeping draught you gave him must be strong. Listen to how loudly he snores. She was shushed by her sisters lest she wake up the old soldier. But he still snored away. The twelve princesses then each put on their dancing shoes. They pushed aside their twelve beds, and each took out a piece of chalk. They drew a circle upon the floor, and made twelve markings. The old soldier watched with one eye half opened. He saw them draw a door on the floor, and then pull open the trap door which they had drawn. One by one, each of the princesses descended. The old soldier quickly sprang out of his bed, threw his cloak of invisibility about him, and descended the trapdoor himself. Beneath the trapdoor there was a ladder of moonlight, and each of the princesses was carefully climbing down it. The old soldier, invisible to their eyes, climbed down too. At the base of the ladder of moonlight there was a river, and twelve boats. Each of the princesses got into one of the boats and began to row. The invisible soldier got into one of the boats too, and so was rowed with the princesses to an island that sat on the river. The old soldier knew that this was no normal island, for as he looked on the trees, he saw that their leaves were made of gold, silver and of diamond. He reached out and took one of the leaves of silver, tucking it into his pocket, as proof of where he had been. Out from the trees of gold, silver and diamond, there came twelve fairy princes. Each took a princess by the hand and began to dance. They danced, and they danced, and they danced. And when the night was nearly over, twelve princesses, with their shoes worn to ribbons, stepped back into their boats, rowed back to the ladder of moonlight, climbed up through the trap door, took off their dancing shoes, and lay down in their beds. The old soldier, 
in his cloak of invisibility, was with them all the way. The next morning the king asked, Had the soldier discovered the secret of the princesses? The soldier said, I think I'm getting close, but I'm not quite there yet. The next night, as he was again settling himself down in his bed in the alcove in the princess's bedroom, one of them came up to him with a glass of wine. Again, the old soldier pretended to drink, then lay down with one eye half open and began to snore loudly. Again the twelve princesses pushed aside their beds, drew on the floor with chalk and opened up a magic trapdoor. Again they descended down the ladder of moonlight, with the old soldier in his cloak of invisibility following close behind. Again they rode across the river to the magic island, and again they were met by the twelve fairy princes, and again they danced and danced and danced until the dawn was coming. The old soldier plucked a second leaf from one of the marvellous trees growing there, before he slipped into one of the princess's boats and was rowed back to the ladder of moonlight. On the second morning the king again came and said, Well, I see again my daughter's shoes have been worn away to nothing. Tell me, have you discovered what is happening? The old soldier said, I am very close to discovering it, but I have one more night in this comfortable bed before my time is up. That night again he settled himself down in his bed and was brought a glass of wine by one of the princesses. Again he pretended to drink, then pretended to sleep. Again the princesses drew their magic trap door descended down the ladder of moonlight, rode across the river and met their twelve fairy princes. The soldier, donned in his invisibility cloak, was with them all the time and he plucked a third leaf from the trees, a leaf of diamond this time, and tucked it into his pocket with the leaf of silver and the leaf of gold. When the dancing was done, the princesses again rode across the river, climbed the ladder of moonlight and tucked themselves into their beds. On the third morning, the king came and said, Well, soldier, your time is up. Tell me, what is my daughter's secret, or shall I have to order my men to dig another grave? I have indeed discovered the secret, your majesty, said the old soldier. He reached into his pocket and took out the leaf of silver, the leaf of gold, and the leaf of diamond. Each night, your daughters are being called away by the fairy folk. They leave this world and go to another, where the trees of silver, gold, and diamond grow. You see here I have brought back proof, he said gesturing to the three leaves. In the land of fairy, they dance with twelve fairy princes, and that is why their shoes are so worn each morning. The king picked up the leaves, inspecting them. If these leaves have not come from the land of fairy, then they are of the highest craftsmanship I have ever seen. Tell me, soldier, what am I to do now to stop my daughters going to the land of fairy? The soldier scratched his chin. That I do not know. But if you call for my mother to come here, I am certain she would have something to say on the matter. And so the old soldier's widowed mother was brought to the palace. The king and her son told her all that was happening and all that had been discovered. The old woman nodded her head and said, The solution is quite simple. When the shoes are sent to be mended, have the cobblers mend them with iron. Iron is anathema to the fairy creatures. And if there is iron in your daughter's shoes, they will no longer be called to dance for the fairy princes. And so this instruction was given to the cobblers. When they mended the princess's dancing shoes, they did so with iron. That night, the old soldier and his mother slept in one of the guest rooms of the palace. In the morning, the king went to inspect his daughter's dancing shoes. The shoes were just as they were when the cobbler had brought them to the palace. They had not been worn at all that night. The same was true after a second night and a third. After a third night, the king declared that the secret had been found and the problem solved. He went to the old soldier, who was sitting having tea with his mother, 
and told him he could claim his prize, his weight in gold, his hand of the princess of his choice, and half the kingdom once the old king died. The soldier put down his cup. I have been discussing the matter with my mother, and as you know, your majesty, my mother gives great advice. I will more than happily take my weight in gold, but as to the hand of one of the princesses, why, I am more than twice the age of your eldest daughter. Both my mother and I agree it would not be fair to shackle one of the princesses with an old soldier like me. So rather than having one of the princesses' hand in marriage, I would ask for my mother's weight in silver instead. The king nodded, for indeed his daughters had objected rather strongly when he told them he was promising one of their hands in marriage to whoever could solve the secret. And what about the third? Half my kingdom when I die. The old soldier said, Well, your majesty, I am almost the same age as yourself. I don't think that even if I were to outlive you, I would do so by much. So let us forget about it, as it seems rather pointless. The king agreed. He gave the soldier his weight in gold and his mother's weight in silver. The twelve princesses and the king waved the soldier and his widowed mother goodbye as they rode away. The soldier indeed bought a new house, one with a slate roof rather than thatch, and he and his mother lived comfortably for the rest of their days.